0: Jackson Island make up Newcastle post black metal band In Perfectionist, who released two EPs last year Magnolia and Chrysalis. Guys, thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thanks for having us. For having us.
0: You're really welcome. And just so everyone can get an idea of which one's which, um, just briefly say who you are and, wh- and what you do in the band.
2: Uh, well, I'm Jackson. Uh, I do vocals, guitar, bass, and mixing mastering. And I'm Caden, and I do the exact same thing. We kind of split it evenly.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's kind of interesting thing about the band. I, I want to bring that up a little bit later. Um, but first up, when did the band start? How do you guys get together?
1: Um, uh, probably early last year. We were kind of both had a like a bit of spare time for the first time in a long time, and had planned on doing some kind of music deal for ages and saw so the opportunity and just started playing around with it and kind of, like, it wasn't overly intentional. We just wrote a song and then we're like, okay, let's keep doing this.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it, it just, it basically just started because, I mean, we have, like, similar music tastes and we both wanted an outlet for, uh, like, our metal composition that wasn't necessarily just entirely on our own. So it just, I think it's a lot easier to coordinate like a, a a vision and and bring that into being between like two people rather than a band setting. But that's just, you know, I think because of
0: the genre, I guess. And how do you guys meet?
2: Uh, uh, it was at a party yeah. maybe <laughs> four years ago or something. And I was wearing a flesh got apocalypse shirt and Caden was like, Hey man, nice shirt. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then, yeah, we just sort of became <laughs> friends.
0: Uh, How about the name? Where'd that come from?
2: Um,
1: Kind of... It reminds us kind of what we're trying to do because we've both written heaps of music before and just redone the same thing a thousand times and never been happy with it and it never gets released. So we kind of use it as a reminder to actually finish things and not rewrite them 10 million times and just enjoy the little weird bits and shit like that.
2: Yeah, we can be... Kind of gentle and forgiving with ourselves because we've sort of set up a premise of you know like just not ourselves yeah <laughs> not, not expectations <laughs> or anything like that it's just yeah it is what it is
0: yeah that's kind of interesting because I've talked talked to a couple of bands in particular who like do a lot of reworking, like they'll keep just jamming and jamming and jamming particular tracks. Like that's the specific way that they really work towards the finished product. And it's interesting talking to them because they eventually settle on a version they're happy with. But like, I talk talk to them and basically they they could just keep jamming it and they'll probably, if they were looking for perfection, they'd kind of never get there, to be honest. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah. Yeah, man, we've done that plenty of times. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, art is inherently imperfect. So, you know, and it just, it sounds cool. You know, like, it's just, it's a nice sounding word.
0: When when did you start working on the first one? You said you started writing a song together. Like, how did this, that that process work towards uh, you actually recording an EP and releasing it?
2: Well, we had, like, as we mentioned, we just like both write a fair bit of music. So we had some material just like ready to go um so we basically just like we started we just thought we just sat down one day and started writing a song just to see you know how our synergy was what would come out if we liked it we wanted to take it or whatever and then it was you know it just worked so we were like okay this is pretty cool so then we took uh other bits that we'd written individually and just worked on them together so that we could sort of start building like a unified sort of theme or sound or something like a, uh, and yeah i mean we just i mean it was all pretty just natural i guess
1: yeah we're not putting too much pressure on ourselves we're just enjoying
0: it and what is that Sinji? like what, what does it mean that you like you can you can write together and, and produce something as opposed to like what How how is that distinct from like no nah, we, we, we 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 don't work together we, we, this project's not going to go anywhere
1: Um, I don't know, like, it's kind of, it's a similar thing to when you jam with someone and sometimes it just clicks and you can just kind of, um, like, go for hours kind of thing and just find each other's, you know, spots where you thrive and stuff like that and you just bounce off each other and, like, that doesn't always happen kind of thing. And when we, like, started writing, it just came really naturally like
2: that, so we just kind of just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just a feeling, really. Like, you know, we just... We both felt that there was more to explore artistically with each other and shit, so we're just yeah. taking that as it is, you know?
1: And keeping it organic kind of thing, like I don't really like playing with guitar hero uh it's <laughs> guitar pro and shit like that. I prefer to just go off the bat and see what happens.
0: It's pretty handy. Yeah. <laughs>
2: we're both we're both pretty organic, feely people. Like I'm um...
0: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> start with you guys individually, like separate the band. How do you, uh, I'll start with Jackson and we'll go to Caden. How do you guys write? Like you're you're in whatever place that you feel is comfortable to write. You're in the right mood to write. What What is that like? And, and what, what process do you take towards generating ideas that might eventually turn into a song?
2: Um, well, for me, it's like, I guess I just a lot of the time channel uh like reflections of my past or future selves <sighs> and like how I have felt, how I would feel. Uh Self-criticism is a big, big inspiration. So I'll just like pick up a guitar and just start playing around with riffs or whatever until I find something that reflects a sort of, uh, an outlet that i can that i that i think is well aligned with my inner turmoil i guess uh, cuz i think well for me like the reason i make art is it's like it's a cathartic release you know like i get frustrated and grumpy if i go too long without making it and then i might be like man why am i so like pissed off all the time it's because i haven't actually formed an outlet for those those emotions and that sort of inner grief and self criticism so I just really, I just like pick up a guitar and try and just play around until I get something that reflects what I feel at the time or what I have felt. Maybe an ideal self that I can't materialize or a past self that I've rejected or something like that. Yeah. Oh,
1: um, uh, I'm really easily inspired, really. Like, pretty much every day, I'll. I don't know, just hear something or think of something or just some dumb shit will just give me an idea and then I'll go home and start recording straight away, regardless of what it was. Like, it's probably only, I don't know, a third of the time I'm writing heavy stuff. Um, So inspiration can kind of come from anywhere with me, but it's just, I don't know. It's always in the back of my head one way or another. It just depends on what genre I'm feeling like doing, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, I've, I've got all the, uh, like, set up at my house, so it's really easy for me to just walk into a room and just start recording stuff.
0: You guys coming together, like, say you've got two different song ideas, either from past material or something you've generated recently. Like, what does it look like for you guys to try and, I don't know, either flesh out one of the, those ideas, mesh those ideas together? What, what's that like for you two? Uh,
2: jamming. Yeah, we just jamming in pedals. We just Yeah, we just <laughs> we just play things to each other and then one of us might be like, Ooh, that's pretty fucking nice and then you know Or just completely scrap it. <laughs> yeah. Or all that, yeah. And you know, just keep doing that until we can bounce off each other and just track basically everything we do so that way we can later on get rid of what we don't want or we've always got the things that we that we might see something in later on just just yeah, just a lot of jamming, really.
1: Yeah, even though we're called Imperfections, we still got a graveyard like every other band.
0: <laughs> and that, that's kind of interesting because you're you're a two piece, but like you're both, um, you know, the really good, you know, the, your, your guitar guys. So how does that work without having the some some drummer to like put in that that uh, I don't know the beat the rhythm for you guys?
2: Well, we have Robin Stone of. Uh million minutes. yeah Norse, <laughs> somnium Knox. uh i think he plays for convulsing live and yeah so so yeah we'll we'll like um program some drums in and then send it to him and he'll you know give us his creative input like he'll he'll take those and interpret them and send us something back send us stems and we're like you know we do like we really like this or we want this change blah blah. blah. so it's like although he's not present in the studio and the recording process there's still like a reasonable degree of creative um synergy going on between us but also like i am primarily a vocalist rather than rather than a guitarist as well so it's it's interesting that kane is a guitarist who does vocals and i'm a vocalist who does guitar it's we've kind of got like a bit more prominence in each of our respective instruments so it's good that we can sort of you know guide each other in each of our each of our fields, I guess.
3: Yeah.
2: For
1: the initial jam, Easy Drummer. Man, so handy. And we'll just jam on that, get the idea. We never go too deep into the drums because we know Robin's going to completely annihilate it regardless of what we send him. So just having that confidence in the background always helps as well.
0: <laughs> so how do you guys um, team up with Robin for this endeavour?
2: Uh, mostly just through messages. Yeah. Just, yeah, we just... <laughs> We just communicate online, because he lives in Sydney, and we're from Newey, so... Yeah, I see him at gigs every now and then. Um, but yeah, mostly just
1: technology.
0: How'd you get to know him?
1: Um, previous bands and projects and stuff like that, and also just being a fan of pretty much all of his bands.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: the mm. dudes. Mm. ridiculous. So, we've got Magnolia out. Having released that initial EP, comes together nicely, really, really cool stuff. Do you, do you take that? Do you take any lessons, like any 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 learning from that and apply yes. it to Chrysalis? <laughs> yeah.
2: Definitely, yeah. Uh, a, a big thing that we wanted to work on, although well, there, there were two major things. The first was uh, like the production because, you know, it's pretty <laughs> like it's – well, it's not bad, but it's like it's a really important part of conveying – your sound and your theme, you know, to make all the all the um, the tracks clear and distinct within themselves, and you know, blend together and yada yada. And the second thing was, um, to we wanted the songs on the second EP, we focus a lot on like flow, like transition between phases, because uh, like we personally felt that Magnolia was a little bit too uh, like choppy in its in its phrases, yeah. So if we just wanted to sort of m- make the song sort of have a have a have a better flow, I guess. Yeah, just to try to
1: improve on all their weaknesses.
2: Yeah, pretty much. I mean we're not the type of people to just sort of be content making mediocre things. And you know, even if what we make might be considered mediocre by some, just personally we want to bring the best out of ourselves, so we're just gonna continually aim to get better.
0: Uh, one one thing that I kind of noticed and maybe I don't know, maybe I'm imagining it, but, like, I got a feeling of a little bit more emphasis on dissonance in some parts maybe. of the track. Is is that something you guys were, I don't know, focusing Just, on or that emerged for whatever reason during the, the writing process for that one? Name
1: drop. <laughs> oh um, um, yeah, man, we love we love dissonance in all forms. Like, if we can ride with it, we'll go as hard on it as we can. <laughs> fair bit well not a fair bit but we definitely had more confidence going into chrysalis than we did on magnolia because that was that was the baby that was the freshie yeah so once we'd done that we're like okay we can kind of just do whatever we're feeling now i guess i don't know yeah Just more confidence i
2: guess yeah it was just i mean we knew we could do it with chrysalis so we just thought fuck it let's just try and improve try and make something better just yeah yeah
0: Looking at the credits of both albums, I noticed that um, Caden is credited as doing vocals um, on Chrysalis. Uh, wh- wh- why did you do vocals on that one, not the previous one, Caden?
1: Um, because I'm only just competent to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've done like some other stuff on different things, but um, they've only been tiny and like, definitely didn't have the confidence to go in on um, Magnolia. And then once we're all done, pretty much once we finish making all we're like, okay, on the next one, I'm going to do vocals as well. So I started practicing from then, and, you know, I'm still nowhere near where I want to be, but I can make some sounds sometimes.
2: Yeah, it's definitely an established thing. Like, it's from here on out, it's going to be dual vocals on every release, just because, you know, we can, and why not? It's fun
0: yeah speaking more generally about the vocals like how do you approach the lyrics is there particular themes you're drawn to is there particular sources of inspiration that you look for
1: uh we both naturally write pretty um negatively i guess yeah um we don't a lot of the time we won't even theme it we'll just kind of sit around listening to <laughs> it and like write down some stuff and then we'll talk about it and 80 percent of the time what we've written is right up the same alley anyway
2: yeah for for me i personally like um i like condensed messages and i focus on like esotericism a lot just like dreaming and and altered states of consciousness and stuff. so that's pretty applicable to a wide range of themes which is pretty nice but like that's at least my lyrical approach is is emphasis on esotericism and sort of uh condensed messages uh metaphorical i guess
0: one last question about the, the music on the the records um they all, all i think all the tracks feature some aspects of environmental samples what, what was the importance of those on the records for you
1: that comes back to the angsty hippie part. <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: it just—I mean, originally, um, it was gonna be the city for Magnolia and whatever came next, like which ended up being chrysalis, It was gonna be rainforest samples, but um, the rainforest just didn't work that well, I guess. Um, and you know, like the ocean is just as good as the rainforest. It was just—it just had to be nature. That was the main kind of thing we were going to trying to create a bit of a. Um, Opposite ish kind of idea. Like, actually, Chrysalis was supposed to be not as heavy as it ended up becoming. Yeah. It was supposed to be the more peaceful of the two, but that clearly didn't work.
2: Yeah. And it, like, they, the environmental samples sort of reinforce the idea of escaping the city. And this, uh, like, the music, the creative process for us is, in a sense, like an escape from you know the oppression of modern society and you know all the all the sort of typical anti-establishment perspectives so it's just like it just helps immerse and re- immerse the listener and reinforce that feeling of like having a sort of a just a, a space to escape to we hope anyway <laughs> yeah that's the intention <laughs>
0: Moving on to kind of the the next, you know, part of making a record is like the recording, mixing, mastering. Um, You guys did that yourself for the most part. Did you guys have previous experience in in doing that for for music?
2: Yeah, both of us do.
1: Yeah, we've both been doing that stuff since we were teenagers kind of thing. doesn't necessarily mean we're particularly good at
2: it, but we least
1: like to think we know what we're doing.
2: Yeah, Yeah, and there's like, you can hear there's a big improvement between Chrysalis and... Uh, so, yeah, between Magnolia and Chrysalis, we just sort of, you know, learned some some little tips and spent a bit more time actually really honing the sound that we wanted to the, you know, to, to basically almost the breaking point of our sanity. Because, like, <laughs> I, on the back end of the EP, we were spending, like, 30 hours a week just listening editing bouncing and then just editing bouncing editing bouncing and just listening through all mediums It just oh yeah it was was brutal
1: (laughs) and um i I pretty much lost all my different speaker sources so it got down to i could even listen through my monitors in the studio or just a little bluetooth speaker so that (laughs) fucked me over way harder than expected and also frog came through at the end with some Amazing tips. We sent it to him and he almost immediately sent back just phase, phase like, reversing.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah. Phase cancelling the Yeah.
1: Just um, just basic shit that we hadn't even thought of. Just like one paragraph that changed everything. Thanks, Frog. <laughs>
0: and I think right at the top of the interview, it's a band where you guys have kind of that broader range of um, doing basically everything in the band between you two. How do you how do you split up the work um, uh, of doing all these different things?
1: It's pretty much, um, like in terms of writing, it's pretty much turn for turn. Like we'll yeah. literally just hand each other the guitar yeah. and then, you know, someone will start writing something and then the other one will grab a guitar and then we'll start jamming and evolves from there kind of thing yeah
2: it's it's basically like you you we, we'll write the riffs and we'll just we'll both write two parts always one over each other just harmonizing with each other the whole way through the song and then like for bass it's like okay i'll do this bit now you do this bit yeah, now i do this bit we man. just
1: we just we both fiends for bass yeah
2: yeah <laughs> we just play swapsies really i mean it's just it's a pretty childlike approach and we just Just to make it fair, I mean, we both are really excited about writing music, so we've just, you know, just got to split it right down the middle. And, like, I think
1: it makes it a lot more um, interesting for us and, like, musically to do it that way just because we don't necessarily write the same.
0: For the titles of both records, why would you choose them?
2: Hmm. Um, Well... I think originally magnolia. It's it tied in with the flowers on the artwork, and the color, and the color, and it's also. I mean, it could be a name for the girl. I mean, like (laughs) naming naming for us is just sort of like shit.
1: Very last step. Yeah, like (laughs) we don't premeditate that. We've
2: written music and we're like, oh. Fuck, we gotta give it a name. <laughs> uh, so you know, we'll just send ideas back and forth, back and forth, until we're like, yeah, okay, yeah. we both like this one. And chrysalis is way easier because Allison had
1: already done the the moth for the artwork. And the whole time I was like, hey, it's got to be moth relevant. I kept saying Jackson, like, hey, what's a good moth relevant, and that we can use the album. He had nothing, and then like we struggled with it for ages, and then like three days before he's like chrysalis, and apparently
2: just. Neglected to mention the entire time. It's like, okay, fuck, man. Yeah, I definitely intentionally <laughs> neglected mentioning that. Not just hadn't thought of it yet, but yeah, yeah. that was.
1: Yeah. yeah, Sorry, that's probably a bit underwhelming. <laughs> it's
2: also thematically appropriate, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> like to have a release of a relatively new band called Chrysalis is like, you know, there's there's something in there about coming out of a. Oh yeah, a, he, a and shit. You know, like it's. Like
1: yeah, a lot of it is about um. Uh, i guess in a really really vague kind of way bettering yourselves and stuff like that so and it's also like our second release and we plan to do an album next so it's kind of the chrysalis stage of imperfectionist as well and a lot of the um lyrical themes in it relate to it as well magnolia magnolia is a bit more
2: cut and dry yeah yeah
0: (laughs) So you mentioned uh, Alison Kelly who did the artwork for both very very different pieces. Uh, what was like? Did you have any sort of I don't know ideas that you provided to her to for the things you are after?
1: Um, yeah, but also she just she has, does cool shit.
2: Yeah, <laughs> she
0: has she has a
2: pretty reasonable repertoire of artwork that she's just done that you know she's basically just given us permission to just you know she's like if you want this to be an alma, like. I'm, I, can, I can do some new material for you, or you can just pick something I've already done if you like it. And so yeah, like it's just it's pretty, yeah, I think it's pretty we had, straightforward. Think we had like 40
1: different pages of art for, um, that we just chose from for Magnolia. Yeah, so yeah. She just sat down with us and cut it all up and made a thing.
2: Yeah, we do little bits of import. Like you know, maybe we maybe we want like the, the colour spectrum to be slightly altered or, you know, whatever. But as far as the piece itself compositionally is concerned, that that's just, that's all her.
1: Yeah. And, like, intentionally kind of thing, like, you want that to be her part of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. You mentioned album. Is, at what stage is that? What what thoughts do you have about, you know, what it's going to be? Uh,
2: I mean, we started writing yesterday and, we made some, some good progress on a track. Which yeah, is, yesterday
1: was our first session.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's it's going to be just, hopefully, just an improvement <laughs> on what we've already done that's stylistically, like, still reflective of us. Yeah. Going to have, I mean, I don't want to be, like, an imperfectionist sound, but, you know, like, th- that's that sort of thing. It's going to still, hopefully, retain what makes this individual as a band and, just push that further and harder.
1: Yeah, we never really aim too much to be doing anything in particular. It's just yeah, it's writing. expression. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions about uh, you guys and sort of you as musicians. What kind of attracted you in, you know, your earlier stages of life to this kind of, I don't know, heavy music?
1: Uh, angsty teens and all that kind of shit. But, man, mainly it pretty much all started with cryptopsy for me. (laughs) I kind of skipped a whole bunch of bands in between it and just went from, you know, fairly regular music to cryptopsy and just kind of got hooked on just crazy shit. And, um, like just started bands when I was like a little fella, um, in my teens and stuff like that and played as many shows and wrote as much music as I could pretty much from then until now. Like metal's not, Metal's not all for me, but um, like it'll always be a heavy part
2: of what I'm doing. Yeah, for Pun unintended. For, for, for me, uh, like I, when I was like you know eight or nine or whatever, I I liked Lincoln Park and Evanescence and <laughs> you know just just the cool. usual shit that's on the radio that you know as a kid you're like oh this this kind of appeals to me for some reason and then when I went to high school I got into like. Slipknot and Dimmu Borgir and, and then like Behemoth and stuff and Gorgoroth. And then I started, as I like started sort of exploring the subgenres of metal more, I found that I had a particular affinity for black metal for some inexplainable reason. Like it just resonated with me really well. And like, that's not, yeah, I'm, I'm very much like Caden in that, you know, I've got most of my other projects are all of an experimental electronic nature or, you know, something like that. Like I've listened to a pretty broad range of music, but definitely like just i think growing up and having something that was like metal i think is particularly unique because it's it's just always going to be intense basically like and and for someone going through like pubescent changes or whatever it's 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 good to have fucking you know some something there that you can feel like you relate to or or a rage that you might not be able to express yourself. So, you know, yeah, that's... Well, that's how I got into sort of heavier music.
3: Yeah.
0: (laughs) While you mention it, uh, in terms of uh, electronic solo projects, you released an album last year as well. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit about that?
2: Uh, Yeah, I mean... Yes, please. Uh, It was just sort of... Like, I just compose all the time and I had a just a, a banked up amount of unreleased songs that you know it was maybe hindering me from getting started on something new so I was like fuck it I'm just gonna polish these off tie them together I uh, did the artwork myself just set up the bandcamp, and the Facebook page and stuff you know just just like release the music because I had it all there. I mean, I just am always writing music, so I had to get it out really. And I think it's its sometimes you've got so many projects just like maybe 80, 90% finished, but not quite polished off because you've just, I mean, I have pretty bad ADHD, so I just like getting started on new shit all the time. And so it just, I noticed that I had a pretty large, you know, bank up of unreleased material, so I just put it on, put all the... at least the tracks that sort of uh, thematically fit together, just put them on a album together and made some artwork and, yeah, just released it.
0: Mm, these being quite, you know, different in a lot of ways from Imperfectionist, is there different things that motivates those two different sets of music?
2: Uh, yeah. For... Zenalia um, That that project is essentially an expression of like my dreams. I dream of like sort of a future post-human dystopia. A lot, so you know, I, I like I like writing about. I mean, the, the the themes of you know loss and solitude, they're all like still in there somewhere, but it's it's more of like a um, I guess a, a, a comfortable like, a, like, yeah just a, just a comfortable machine dominated sleeping humanless future world I guess <laughs> if I had to summarize it it's just yeah as opposed to something that is like imperfectionist which is more... Uh, pertaining to nature and uh like an escape from society rather than a different form of society i guess i'm not that good at wording that but yeah that's pretty close
0: (laughs) what kind of i don't know motivates informs those kind of ideas of the sort of post-human future
2: i just it's just really interesting to me. I mean, I like a lot of vaporwave as well. So, seeing what other artists how they interpret sort of like like the retro revival sort of thing, or like Two Eight One Four and uh, Blank Banshee and uh, Chesimas Chesimasuta, um, they're all pretty big influences on like sound design for me and Burial as well, but just like I like contributing to just some strange sort of interpretation of this weird future world that a lot of there's there's like a wave going on I guess of that at the moment and so it's it's nice to try my hand at you know expressing how I interpret that.
0: I want to start off with uh, Caden for this question. Uh, when do you guys start playing, like, guitar, bass? And I, I, I gather that it's more of a guitar approach for both of you. or well, correct me if that's wrong, but, like, uh, when do you guys start with that kind of instrument? And why do you stick with it?
1: Um, I actually wanted to be a drummer, to be honest. Um, uh, just money and the impossibility of practicing it in a suburbia kind of Deal led me to guitar. Actually I think I started on piano. I don't know. But um guitar's just fun and handy as hell when you like metal. Like that, piano and guitar really translate with each other as well. So um I don't know, it's just a really good instrument to have on your belt kind of thing.
2: Well, I'm just self taught. I mean I essentially just like started learning guitar when I was in high school because you know, it's I just liked metal and guitar was the thing that I wanted to do in metal. I liked the sound and the abrasiveness and it's something you could do like with a group of friends and just never really got lessons and just played at it and played at it and played at it. I mean, I'm still not very good because I don't practice that much, but like I understand how to use the instrument and if I play enough times, I can track some things. So <laughs> that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, and I am yeah. I just it's it's essentially I see guitar as like a necessary tool for the genre that I compose in in for imperfectionist. Really, like that's about it. I'm not like mega passionate about it or anything, but it's it's just a tool to be utilized for expression.
0: Now you mentioned a little bit earlier that you kind of think of yourself primarily as a vocalist. When did that start for you?
2: Um about the time I got into Black Metal when I was like 13 or 14 I just tried it and realized I could do it so just kept practicing and yeah and got just got better and then realized that I actually really enjoyed being a vocalist I think there's something I really appreciate about the idea of your instrument being vibrations from your very being like that that idea is really interesting to me so I just I yeah I guess I just resonate with that so I just keep practicing because I like it I enjoy it it's a very raw and literal form of expression.
0: Caden we were discussing a little bit but have you sort of become more comfortable doing uh vocals for Chrysalis but like when did you start actually um, I don't know, you're first trying to sort of produce that kind of sound from yourself?
1: Um, on and off for, I guess, a couple of years, just out of necessity more than anything else, because I've got a bunch of projects that need vocals. Um, but actually, I think it was last year, I did just a little bit of vocals for a Mates band, um, and when they said that, it kind of kicked me into gear, because obviously, when it's, I don't know, when it's someone else's music, I take it a lot more seriously, I guess, because I don't want to fuck up their song. So I guess I started working hard at it, and Jax gave me tips and stuff like that. I swear to God, metal is so much just confidence. Just You just have to be comfortable just being loud and just making crazy sounds and shit like that. So that was a big part for me, because I'm generally a relatively quiet person, I guess. But um, yeah. That was, um, oh, yeah, shout out Tide Minds. That was Loom
0: when I'm talking about. I should probably
1: mention that. Yeah, probably, probably one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I, I credit them for giving me the push, I guess.
0: And one last question for you, both of you. Um, start off with Jackson. What have you been listening to, watching, or reading recently?
2: Um, well, I recently got around to watching Berserk. Uh, that was pretty damn good. Because it's, I mean, it's an anime that, or a manga. I actually do want to read it, but yeah, I just watched it because it's just been on my to-watch list for quite a while, and so I was like, "Fuck yeah, I'm actually going to give this a crack." Um, artists I've been listening to lately: um, Dark Pyramid. Uh, that' pretty pretty timeless for me. It's another uh, a Hong Kong Express. Um, Project, uh, George Fitzgerald is just another electronic producer. Um, Denzel Curry, J. Cole. Yeah, Denzel. Uh, Heretois, 100. Uh, I'm still on that Rivers of Nile album from last year because that was huge. Um, I mean, I listen to Noisy Radio every week, especially your current value. Current value is damn good. Like a lot of, yeah, just... Chiasmos, also pretty good. Um, Tim Hecker. 1914, I recently found. I think they put out an album last year. um, The Blind Leading the Blind or something. Yeah, that album's pretty damn good. I I like well-produced black metal, like just straight-up black metal, but with good production. And I think that's actually kind of hard to find because usually there's other genres sort of in the mix somewhere. So that was really refreshing to find that album. Yeah, yeah. Uh, reading, I haven't actually been too much, been doing too much reading lately, but that's just because, you know, Christmas, New Year's sort of period is a bit of a downtime for recreational, Enjoy. yeah,
0: <laughs> enjoyment. What about yourself, Caden? Um,
1: honestly, I've really been listening to a lot more, um, people and stuff lately. I've been getting really into, like, the, um... Crazy post-hardcore shit lately, just because they're so aggressive, um, like, sectioned and cop leader and stuff like that, it's crazy, it's cool, somehow, somehow kind of heavier than metal, in a way, Yeah. I don't know, It just, just that aggression gets me massively, in between, like, rap and super chill stuff, I don't know, I kind of listen to everything, I also broke the auxiliary jack in my phone, so... My music hunt's been a bit lame lately. Um, in terms of reading, a mate just lent me that um, Dark Emu book, which I'm heaps excited to read. I haven't started on it yet. I'm borderline illiterate, so I'll see how that goes. Um, but still keen nonetheless. But yeah, that's about it, man.
2: Also, this wasn't mentioned, but Caden released a thing under Sparrow. <laughs> and so you got to go check that out, because he did a double, double LP, I guess. Double, yeah, double LP under SPA double r a and (laughs) since he won't speak up for himself i'm just gonna be that guy and be like yo go check out his solo shit too because it's fucking it's good chill beats get into it
0: well well, i've got you um (laughs) you you should you you should talk briefly about that as well i didn't uh didn't see that on the uh, imperfectionist facebook but um talk talk a little bit that i'm not aware of what it is so explain what it is and um how you went about working on it
1: Um, I've been doing, like, I only recently named it because I had to release it and I needed a name to release another, um, but I've been doing like beats and stuff like that since I was a teenager, like easily as much as I've been doing metal. Um, and I've been trying to collaborate with a bunch of artists for the past couple of years and it's just this constant wait for people which did my head in. So I kind of just got sick of it and, um, released a bunch of instrumental beats just so I could, um, reach out to some people or they could at least hear it. Because it's kind of weird when you approach a rapper and all you've got to show them is a bunch of black metal. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that doesn't um, really help me that much, so I had to release something. Um, But it's already worked out. I've got an album coming out with the artist that just moved to Newcastle called Mir, if you want to check it out. She's sick, MWR. But um, yeah, just, I don't know, man. Just all music is good music. I just love doing it. And yeah, I just had to release something so I could. I wouldn't say all music
2: is good music. Broken side exists to someone. Oh. Yeah, broken side. Is, <laughs> that's like my go-to example of just like, nah, that's that's an invalid form of art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the the ultimate. Um, I, I don't know if you've heard this term, hot take.
2: Mm. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. on the sort of more political stuff that I look at. Um, uh, on uh, on Twitter and stuff, people all talk about like uh, you know hot takes, and I think Broken Side is good. Is like the ultimate hot take. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Uh, do, should real. we should we um, just continue talking shit on Broken Side? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'd be I'd be happy be, to. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fucking perfection. This is about Broken Side
0: now. <laughs> but uh, it's funny. I actually have uh, like. like a fault, it's funny because like they 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 like labeled Crunk Core, but like. Thing about broken side is they they missed out on some of the best parts of like actual crunk like like that yeah, actual, like actual absolutely. crunk music yeah. has some good shit and then but like they just didn't take any of that like you could Will, take Will crunk
2: it's just turning over in his not grave he's
3: just
2: so <laughs> yeah. like I can see him having the genre that he essentially founded labeled with that listening to it being like what have I birthed? what what is happening here what's yeah. going on like. <laughs>
1: Two things combined to make something
2: not quite as good as either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, I'll ask you the same question I asked Jackson. So, where, where does this come from for you? Is this from a different place than Imperfectionist?
1: My hate for Broken Side. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, not necessarily, man. Like, as I was saying before, I'm just super easily inspired and I just want to be writing all the time and try to make that a thing. So, a lot of the time. I'm just writing a bunch of different shit. And sometimes it develops into a new project. Sometimes it just goes into the graveyard with the rest of them. But um, it's just all expression and just fun, man. I just love music.